Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos, my co-host, Corey Wooten. Thank you so much for checking us out on YouTube. Comment and, uh, comment and like below. Also on TuneIn, SiriusXM, we got a great episode coming up previewing Bears and Eagles. But first, got to talk about our sponsor. It's BetOnline.ag, and look, it remains the number one source throughout this football season because they've got the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. they got free contests, live scores, giveaways all season long. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to BetOnline.ag right now. You'll receive a 100 100% welcome bonus, ho, 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 with your first deposit. Make sure you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive that reward. Bet online where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the show. It's week 15. Bears are coming off a bye. Justin Fields is sick right now as we're taping this on a Wednesday night, but we hope that he plays, and we're here to preview Bears and Eagles, and what better way to do it than with my co-host, former Bears defensive end, CHGO's very own with the swag going right now. Fox 32 Chicago's Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? What's up, Joey? Uh, another week, man. The NFL football still here, so it's even though the bear season uh, hasn't been what we thought, it's 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 been exciting. Uh, you know, ha- having QB one Justin Fields out there, he's been he's been one of the bright spots for this team, and I think people are very encouraged. And uh, I'm I'm excited for the future in Chicago. Yeah, the Bears are three and ten right now, Corey. And yet, when the Bears didn't play last week, I felt like I've said this before on the show. I'm I'm missing my favorite TV show. It was reruns yeah, right? week last week, and now JF1 <laughs> comes back. Look, he did not practice today on a Wednesday. He was sick, uh, but Eberflus kind of put that a little bit to rest where he does project him to play on Sunday. They take on an Eagles team that is 12-1 and right now. And, Corey, as you brought it up, there's a four-game stretch coming up for these Chicago Bears right now that, look, across from the wins and losses because, honestly, if they lose every game, they'll have the number two pick in the draft. If they mm-hmm. win one of the games, they're probably still top five. But there's plenty to look forward to, Corey. So let's just start on the broad angle. Let's start with the team. You know, from the team aspect, if you're Matt Eberflus in that office right now, what do you want to see from the Chicago Bears in these final four games of the season? I want to see them compete. Um, You know, I want to see the guys that are going to be here next year really try to get better every week. And I think that's the biggest thing because at this point, it's really not about wins and losses. It's almost better to lose at this point. I know nobody's trying to lose, but I, I think that the biggest thing we want to see, right, Justin Fields continue to progress, right, and make some better decisions, you know, towards the end of games because in that Green Bay game, he played almost four really good quarters. It came down to those last two drives, the the one throw um, to, to St. Brown. It's kind of a bad route and combination of a little bit. The second one he kind of threw up. But up until that point, I mean, Justin Fields was, was pretty lights out in that game was really efficient uh, running the football as well was smart and I think that game was great because he's he's nursing that shoulder and it kind of taught him a lot about you know how to not take hits how to slide how to be smart and I think going forward he's always going to be a running quarterback but I think this is critical for him just to keep that in mind like hey I'm not trying to take all these hits you know guys like Lamar Jackson and company they're really smart Jalen Hurts about how they take hits when to get out of bounds, when to throw it away. So these last weeks, I want to see Justin Fields continue that and just be better with decision-making. I think he's better as a pocket passer, but still the decisions, right? If it's not there, take it, you know, let's live to play another down. Yeah, and Corey, this is a common Bears narrative, so I'm not making this up, but, you know, in these final four games, there is a, a lot of Bears fans that feel like maybe try and maybe skew away from the hybrid uh, RPO running game just a little bit. 
and keep, like you said, Justin Fields back there in the pocket. And, man, over these next four games, I would love nothing more to see him, like, attempt 100 to 127 passes. You know what I mean? No matter what the game is, and you've got the Eagles, the Bills, the Lions, and the Vikings, all teams that probably should be beating these Bears during many, many quarters over the final four games. So, Corey, are you kind of on board with that with Justin Fields of just – let him go back there. Let him make some of those mistakes. Let him make that decision with uh, EQ St. Brown. You know, he's got to learn from this stuff, right? And the more reps, the merrier. Exactly. I, I think there should definitely be more passes out there, especially stretching the field, right? You look at in, in the Green Bay game, kind of, you know, the, the nice shot to Harry, the nice shot to St. Brown, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago in the Atlanta game to David Montgomery. So when he stretches the field, he can put it right on the money. It's just about getting him confident in those situations. He's very comfortable running the football. He's very comfortable scrambling. He's very comfortable on the intermediate short throws. Now we just have to get him that confidence passing the ball in, in a straight drop back situation, you know, where we need, you know, 10 to 12 yards. We, we need to get the first down. So, I, I I'm, I'm for it, man. Like there's nothing to lose at this point and just about his development. So I understand they might be a little cautious of how they approach that, but as the game develops and things, then let's take some of these shots and continue with the narrative. Right. Because my, my one uh, big hang up with Luke gets play calling has been, it's been really good up until we get to like that 30 yard line. And then right before the red zone, right. He gets a little tight in there with the play calling, right. We have a couple of runs and all that. And I'm like, Whoa, Justin Fields just completed four or five straight passes. Like, why all of a sudden are we now, you know, taking taking our foot off the gas? Like, let's keep this going, right? Let's work a little play action. Let's get him on the move. Let's continue the passing game. So Luke Getze, I challenged him these last uh, four weeks to really focus on yourself because, you know, up until that 30-yard line, you do a pretty good job of calling, and you get a little bit tight. So – Rely on the passing game. We've been very run heavy in those situations, mm -hmm. 30 and in, red zone and in. Um, so I want to see more passes in that because you look at Cole Komet, he's really come alive in some of those red zone situations where you're passing the ball. But Justin Fields, for him to continue to develop in the red zone, that's what's going to separate him. And, and, and obviously, if we can figure this out the rest of the year with the personnel we have and then add another weapon, a better offensive line, and a defense that actually stops somebody, I, I think it could be a really good situation uh, for Justin Fields and the team in general. Corey, we spent the first month of the season talking a lot about how to get Justin Fields' confidence going in these games, you know, start him off early, all this other kinds of stuff. And when you talk about Luke Getze, I think that applies also for a first-year offensive coordinator. And what we saw in the beginning of the year was that they were so ineffective and so inept in the red zone. I do wonder if at times in the back of his mind, he is maybe scared to – maybe draw up a call that might lead to a mistake after his young team has worked all the way into the red zone. But, you know, Corey, we're talking about it right now. I say, let it rip, man. Let, let's, let's see some failures. I think you can learn just as much from your failures as you can from your successes in these last four games. I definitely think you can. Corey, you didn't mention that you have nothing to lose. This is another big topic in Chicago bears football fandom right now. The only thing that you can lose over these last four games is subjecting your possible, I think, franchise quarterback to further injury and yep. now look i'm not saying you gotta sit the guy down but i'm saying if he his hamstring gets a little tight if that shoulder takes a major hit if there's a situation where maybe a normal nfl player would maybe gut it out and finish a game yep. i would be yep. extra cautious with the guy and Corey, exactly. my question for you is you know he stays healthy these next three games or would you sit him the last week against the vikings because i would 
Yeah, I think in that situation, um, just I, yeah, the last I, one. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's the situation because usually, um, you would just hate it for him to be healthy up until the last game in a game that really doesn't matter for anything. Uh, if, if something, God forbid, he got rolled up or something, you know, you, you just want people uh, to be healthy going in next season. It's kind of like the the players in college, right? Not playing in that bowl game, um, you know. It, it's it's something that didn't happen when I, when I played. I got hurt my my uh, my junior year when I was about to come out. Right, like I, if if sitting uh, out was a thing, now now people are like, okay, we're gonna be smart about this. We're not gonna play Justin Fields, and then in college they're like, hey, we're not gonna risk injury. So I think it's the same thing in this situation. I think you have to be smart because you have your franchise quarterback. I think everybody feels good about it. Him, you know, in the beginning of the season, I think it was a different story. But after that Patriots game and just how he's put together performance after performance, everybody feels good about Justin Fields. There's no doubt in my mind that, you know, there, there might be some fans that, that are thinking he may not be a guy, but everybody in, in the front office, everybody on the team knows he, he's, he's going to be legit. And I've told you, Joey, I think he could be a top five quarterback in this league, right? You put the weapons, a better offensive line, the defense can stop somebody. And so if it comes to that last game, I think you sit him, right? You, you you give you give some other guys a chance to play and an audition, you know, um, Trevor Simeon, you know, you want to see if he's going to be the backup for next year. It's an audition for you. Right. You yeah. want to see some other guys, a quarterback as well. Right. Why, why not? Um, so I, I think it's a situation last game of the season. It doesn't matter. Justin Fields is healthy going there. Sit him and let's move on to the next season. I think he showed you everything that, uh, you know, he can do. Um, I think he's only going to get better from this point. And you just would hate that if someone get injured in the last game of the season that mattered for nothing. Yeah, because you're just eating into an offseason that's going to be critical for Justin Fields in this offense moving forward, even if it's a minor injury, if he's got to rehab for four, five, six weeks. Corey, man, it's just not worth it. And, you know, a lot of people talk about is, you know, can Justin Fields be a top-five quarterback? He's a top-seven fantasy quarterback right now. And I know that yeah. doesn't mean a lot in real football, but that just gives you a taste of what his potential can be moving forward when he puts that production next to winning football games that's when it all comes together and, right and joey think about this top seven with an offensive line that's been shaky at times and you, you and look the first at four you, games look at yeah, the first four games exactly and yeah. then you look at it you look at his weapons at receiver right you can make an argument that justin fields is doing a lot with a little at this point right no no offense to, to st brown at all but coming into the season didn't have many yards many receptions uh was a great blocker in green bay um, but he's been our best receiver. He's been our number one receiver thus far, yeah. right? Claypool really hasn't come alive like we thought. Um, Cole Komet's been up and down. But imagine next year when we, we actually get another weapon, maybe potentially a true number one. Um, I, I think the sky's the limit. And, and this brings up the point. We have the Eagles this week. But I think the Bears, Ryan Poles and company, should emulate what they're doing there, right? Similarities in quarterback, right? A mobile quarterback, Justin Fields, can run a lot faster than Jalen Hurts, but very similar, right? Jalen Hurts last year was up and down, right? What do they do? Surround them with more talent. They have a great offensive line. And then what do they have? A great defensive line as well. Great secondary, great defense in general. So they've built a lot around this team. And that's why Jalen Hurts, right? 22 touchdowns, three interceptions only, right? And then you look at their defense. They have 49 sacks. How many do we have, Joey? 16. We, we have 16. How many did Robert Quinn have last year? Uh, more than Ro that right now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And if you look at it, right, I'm looking at these stats right now, right? Roquan Smith, two and a half. Oh, you Jaquan Brisker. Jaquan Brisker is leading our team with three, right? Oh, my God. Zach Sanborn has two. 
and he's only played like the last five weeks, right? Yeah. Justin Jones, uh, he's been a bright spot, only two sacks, D tackle. I'm fine with that, right? Armand Watts, one sack. Uh, Dominique Robinson, one and a half in the first game against San Francisco, <laughs> right? Travis Gibson, two. And I think that was early on in Green Bay. And uh, I think it was within the first four weeks. Um, then we have, you know, Quinn had one right before he got yeah, traded. Yeah. That's that's it. Holy man. God. Holy that's God. It, right. So as a, as a D line, we've I mean, uh, Reddick on the on the Eagles has 10 sacks himself. Brandon Graham has eight and a half. Yeah. Hargrave has eight. Right. That's yeah. three guys right I there. Yeah, and Corey, like, flip it back over to the offensive side of the football when you talk about Jalen Hurts. You know, they drafted a guy, they traded for a guy. You know, something that I also think that the Chicago Bears should kind of think about just real quick because let's just play in the world that the Bears end up with the number two and number three pick in the draft, and let's say they can parlay that into future other picks, whether they're second rounders or future first rounders, whatever it is. You know, Corey, there is a little rumor out there, you know, would you like DeAndre Hopkins on your team? Would you like a DeAndre Hopkins on your team and you draft a guy and maybe all of a sudden you're kind of, if you have a room of Darnell Mooney, mm -hmm. uh, Chase Claypool, DeAndre Hopkins, drafted player XY or whatever, mm -hmm. EQ St. Brown, and I guess you bring back Bayless Jones, that's a pretty decent room all of a sudden, right? That mm -hmm. elevates it. Would you like DeAndre Hopkins? Do you think he's too expensive? Do you think he's too old? Do you think he's still got it? I mean... Yeah, I, I think you still got it. I think it's been a tough situation in Arizona. I mean, if you look on paper, they probably um, – they've been banged up with all the receivers. They probably have the most dynamic receiving core in all of football, right? When you talk about DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Hollywood Brown, uh, Zach Ertz, Rondell Moore, um, you know, so A.J. Brown as well. So they have a, a lot of weapons there. They've been banged up, and I, I just don't think Kingsbury – is getting the best out of them right now. So I think he'll probably be out after this year. But DeAndre Hopkins, I would still like if the price was right, right? Because I think the Bears, you know, obviously every everyone wants to win the Super Bowl next year. I don't think that's realistic. I think they could be very competitive um, and, and potentially make the playoffs. But I think it's about like two to three years, right? That third year really fr from this point to really get yeah. to where we want to. I think I think year two, that would be, that'd be great to shoot for that uh, Super Bowl. And by year three, like... We, we, we have to at this point, you know? Well, yeah, and a follow-up on that first one, you know, you you know, if the price is right, what do you think the price is for DeAndre Hopkins? For you, that would be, that would make sense, you know, what would be the tipping point for it being too rich? And then another one, I, I don't mean to do two different questions, but the Eagles, the Eagles are kind of a year early, right? Wouldn't yeah. you say? You know, yeah, they're, yeah, that, think... they're that one year early. Last year, super competitive, feisty, yeah. frisky. That's what yeah. we want to be next year. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, the year you... after, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I, I'd want to say, you know. Third rounder? Yeah, the, I wouldn't want to go money. anything above that. I wouldn't want to go anything above that, right? Yeah. Well, you're taking, the money, you're taking the money back, Arizona. So, exactly. excuse me, we're not going to give you, you know, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I think yeah. a third round is the maximum that I would give. I, I would lean towards a fourth because at this point, I think they're rebuilding. And uh, especially after the season, I think they're going to clean house with the coaching mm -hmm. staff and, and whatnot. And he, he might be released just based off everything that happened this past year. But I think he's still got it. And I would love to have him an option for, for at least – you know he's got at least four more good years of football left in him. So I, I would – That sounds like the remainder of Justin Fields' rookie contract, Corey. Uh, exactly. I think we I think we might have a fit on our hands. Try so, that so suit I, on. So oh, I think that's fits. a good situation. But I don't think we should ever trade out of, out of this first-round pick we're about to get, right? Because I think it's too valuable, in my opinion – 
I so think, you don't want to trade back. You want to stay where we are. I want to stay where we are because yeah. I'm I'm looking at two guys, uh, Jalen Carter and Will Anderson, right? Because yep. at this point, I don't think people realize how valuable these defensive linemen are, right? And, and two of those guys, right? And and I've been really – I'm going back and forth, Joey, because I think the, the three technique, Jalen Carter, is very critical for this Tampa too, right? I, that's, that's the engine that runs this thing, right? And obviously, Will Anderson – is going to be a very productive, and I think he's going to get sacks, play the run. So I'm, I'm, I'm both ways, right? I'm leaning a little bit more towards Will Anderson, right? Because I think, I think the the ends can really change the game, right? I think the tackles can as well. But if you look at, you know, what what do people fear a lot of times, most of the time, right? You know, that right end on that left tackle, you know, yeah. and I think I think Will Anderson, Jalen Carter is too. I mean, both of them I think are going to be perennial pro bowlers if, if they develop how we think um so i think you can't go wrong with either of them right you can't go wrong yeah. but i just think we might be able to find a decent option at three technique right you know like kind of like how we were uh looking at larry uh i don't want to butcher his last name o- Oga joby uh, yeah Oga joby yeah. and now people are saying marcus davenport could be a guy that we're looking at in the offseason exactly um, yeah you know so, so we got some money there, there right yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, th- I think marcus davenport He's playing right in at, at for the Saints only because I think Cam Jordan is more comfortable on the left side. He's been there forever. You know, he's he's arguably one of the best pass rushers to come out of the Saints in, in their history. So I think if we got Marcus Davenport, we put him on the left side. We get Will Anderson, and then we potentially get a three technique, move Justin Jones to nose tackle, and then all of a sudden we're looking a lot different. At the, and then we draft a couple guys. We draft the tackle. We draft a, a strictly rush guy that's developmental that can get off the ball and, and just, you know, get, give you that pass rush that you need. So then you have options there. But I think, I think the, honestly, the defensive line is more valuable at this point than the offensive line. I know that's going to rub people the wrong way, but Joey 16 sacks and about six or seven of them have been from the defensive line. It's crazy. That, that, you can't, you can't, you can't play a football season with that. Like Aaron Rodgers at one on one play had 20 seconds. Joey, you, you can't do that in football. Like, and the secondary did a pretty good job covering with with, with all that time. So I did, next time I just look, next time you listen to Believe in Bears, go back and listen to my ad read at the beginning of the episode, and that's how long Aaron Rodgers has about to throw the ball. I know. And it. when you see the when you see the stat line of that game, right? Aaron Rodgers, 182 yards passing. You're like, oh, that's a win all day, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. But I I think the D line is gonna be a lot more critical than we think, right? Because I think Braxton Jones is our left tackle, right? I, I think he can. I think he needs to get stronger. I think they realize that he's played well the last couple of weeks, right? I think Kevin Jenkins is your right guard. I think some people are are iffy about Lucas Patrick, but he really didn't even get a shot at center. You know what I mean? Like so you could still you could still draft a del- developmental exactly. guy and play yeah, Patrick next year you and can. say, you know what, our center position is coming from a steady place. And Corey, yeah. you brought up such a great point too as well that just the familiarity with the offense and the checks yeah. as a center with Justin Fields, exactly. it's worth it's worth bringing him back next year. Yeah. Yeah. I I think uh, yeah, especially with that, like he's he's familiarity with Getsy's offense and and all that. I think everyone everyone's very critical on Patrick because of what he did as a guard. He's not a guard. I don't think people yeah. realize it's like somebody going from from uh, right guard to left tackle all of a sudden. Like you, you know, I, honestly, people were talking about putting Tevin Jenkins at left tackle, and I'm like, yo, we tried that. No, 
Let's leave him. He's going to be a pro bowler at right guard. But I'm, I promise you, if he moved to left tackle right now, he would get exposed because it's so different. Just like Lucas Patrick, right? It's such a different thing. Like, you literally, as a center in, in this day and age, you're mostly a help guy. You're the quarterback of the defense. It's not like in the old days where you had a, a zero shade over your head where you had to road grade him out. It, it's not like that. It's, it's yeah. you're helping out. You're, you're dropping back, and you're kind of helping the guard. You're seeing what up. You're making the checks. So Lucas Patrick, I think, can be fine for the center. People are just so critical about what he did at guard. Like, it's not his natural position. Like, I, I don't know why well, people don't understand I don't, I don't. I also don't understand why, after watching Tevin Jenkins play this year, why we want him kicking his left foot out and no. doing the slide dance. You want him at the yeah. at the sound of the buzzer fuck, popping someone. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And getting those exactly. bare, those meat cleaver yeah. hands on somebody yeah. on the inside and, and plugging up that end. So I'm on board with that. Uh, my final one before we get to keys of the game. Um, so we had two guys go at the top of the draft last year, Hutchinson mm -hmm. and Walker, Tivon Walker, mm -hmm. uh, Anderson and Carter. I know obviously different players, but just talk potential yeah. and talk talent. Is this, is this group of two more talented than that group of two? Would you say right now? Yeah, or... I, I think so. I think so. I, 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 think... I think Will Anderson, Will Anderson looks like. And, and yeah, Jalen Carter and Jalen Carter is a different level too. I think his yeah. athleticism and his size is unbelievable. So both of them, I would feel great if we had either of those options, to be honest with you. I think it comes down to this, right? Obviously, in free agency, it, it becomes like this. What can we get, right? Can we get a viable option at three technique? Okay, if we do, Will Anderson, let's go, right? And then potentially drafting somebody uh, with our second-round pick as a defensive end, right? A guy that can play the left side is really good uh, against the run um, and then give you, like, you know, anywhere from five to eight sacks, somewhere around that. So yeah. I would feel good, yeah, if we could address that three technique in free agency, right? If we if we feel comfortable about somebody, then going to Will Anderson. I like that's that's our pick right there. And then we solidify two of those spots. Like I said, Justin Jones the nose, which I think he's gonna be quicker at the nose than he is for a three technique. That's a, that's more of a fit for him in this. And then like I said, we draft a guy or we potentially get somebody free agency. And uh, hey, let's let's see what Taco Charlton could do these last couple weeks. Former first round pick, right? He could be an option with some depth, and and who knows? Like, there's always guys in the league, right? Um, that that get bounced around, and and people think, oh, they can't play or this, and all of a Akeem sudden, Hicks? They Akeem play. Hicks ring a bell? Yeah, yeah. You know, Rob Ninkovich, right? Yeah. A guy like that, Jason Babin, right? Um, Babin, uh, sorry for pronouncing that wrong. Um, guys like that, right, that, that are bouncing around, oh, you're not good, and all of a sudden they have a breakout season because they're in the right system with somebody that believes in them that, that use their talent in the right way. So who knows? This could be a situation. But if not, we, we, we have to address uh, some of those needs for sure in, in the offseason. Oh, boy, we're going to dive into that once the offseason begins. Trust me, trust me, buddy, me and you uh, talking about it. And, yeah, look, on the defensive line, Bears fans, keep in mind, too, I would like them to go out and maybe try and – you know, acquire not a crown jewel, but you know, spend some significant money on somebody. But man, they need depth, is what they need. So, you know, three or four guys at four or five million a year, you know, package that all together. It doesn't have to be a twenty million dollar guy to make a difference on the defensive line. How uh, much cap space do we have? One twenty five right now. And look, Bears fans, keep in mind, we are not spending all of that in one off season. All right, that is that is that is stupid. Uh, because in my opinion, if even if you look if this was this is not the greatest free agent NFL class of all time, right? There aren't guys out there that you're going to be spending crazy money on. I think you can still improve this team greatly, spending sixty or seventy of it, 
some of that dead cap money continues to kind of shed off a little bit and you can continuously you know continuously improve in the years to come and have you know we can have 60 70 million and have 60 70 next year too as well right i mean you, exactly. you can piece this together and keep in mind too as well it all comes down to the draft right you got to hit on the draft you got to hit on the guy who's going to be our first round pick whoever the ram whoever the ravens pick is in that second round you got to hit on that guy too as well yep. let's move over uh cory um typically on this show we do cory's keys we're changing that we're going to call it okay. Corey sees. Uh, what does Corey see? What do you want to see in week 15 uh, Bears and Eagles? Uh, wh- what do you want to see? Yeah, I want I want to see something we talked about, the, the passing game with Justin Fields, right? I want to see it take the next step with Luke Getzey, right? There's there's nothing to lose, right? We're, we're not playing for anything at this point. We're just playing for his development, right? Let's get Claypool involved some more, right? Let's get uh, Harry involved. You know, let's get some of these guys. Let's get Cole Komet. Guys that are potentially going to be there. You know, Harry, I think he's a talented option. I just think they haven't targeted him enough, right? I think he has some value there. Another big body. It's hard to teach size. He's high-pointed the ball multiple times, and it just seems like they haven't given him enough reps. So I want to see a little bit more from him. Claypool, before he got injured in this last Green Bay game, he looked really good, right? Him and Justin Fields were on the same page. We saw him go up and get it a couple times. We kind of saw some of the flashes of that dynamic player that we saw in Pittsburgh that your wife knows about, right? Your wife's a Steelers fan, you know, terrible towels. Yeah. She, she knows about Claypool, <laughs> but we, we saw, we saw glimmers of that. So I, I want to see that. I want to see Justin Fields get really confident in a situation where you have talented pass rushers breathing down your throat. Right. And, and, and you have to stand in there at times. You got to take a hit. Right? I'm hoping he doesn't take too many of them, but like in that last game to Harry, right. He was stepping up, and and uh, Dean Lowry from from the Packers was about to blast him. Justin Fields knows he's going to take that hit, throws it, takes the hit, all of a sudden completes it down the field, sixty something yards. So stuff like that. I want to see Justin Fields continue to develop, and especially in a good situation against a great defense, and showcasing what he can do because. I think the sky is the limit for him um, and, and it'd just be a good challenge for him and to see, you know, if, if he could really break through on this defense. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Joey C's for Joey C. Uh, what I want to see in this game and hopefully maybe in the next four games is we've got Jaquan Brisker and we've got Kyler Gordon coming back to practice. Um, I want to see those two guys and Jack Sanborn play you know 200 reps together to wrap up this season right you know we've seen both of the guys gordon and brisker both rookies they play them in the box a little bit they bring them down to the line of scrimmage i'm not saying that you know they're it's all it's all one thing but these are young possible pieces that you want to move forward with the next couple years so i want to see gordon brisker and sanborn on the field together as often as we possibly can over these next four games see a little bit of that speed um and just see what it looks like you know what i mean learn Go out there, you know. I mean, we we've seen each of them, each one of those players that's mentioned make mistakes throughout this season. I'm gonna throw Jalen Johnson into that boat too as well. You know, I want Jalen Johnson to play well too. But you know, that's something that I kind of want to see um, because you know, defensively, I've been on it for a long time, man. I've I've given up um, on this defense. You will see it reflected in my final score when we make mm-hmm. it. Uh, so at this point, dude, I just want to see um, them play together. You know, make some plays, get some reps, and continue to get that experience. Exactly. And and one thing I want to see, Joey, is a is a guy that we acquired this year and he's been banged up. He had mono is Alex Leatherwood. Right. I want to see Thank what he can you. do. Former first round pick. I want to see him at the right tackle position. Right. Because I think if you feel comfortable with him and, and he really showcases what he can do and he's a viable option on there, 
you have the tackle situated, right? You have a right guard situated. I think Lucas Patrick is an option at center. You know, Cody Way here, we might have to rework some stuff with his contract because he's been injured a little bit. Um, He'll you do know. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I, I, I think if that's the case, then you feel a lot better about what you can do with the wide receiver position, what you can do with the defensive line, uh, what you can do with another linebacker. So then we have more money and more allocations to other positions. So I think it's it's critical because Alex Leatherwood was a first-round pick for a reason, right? So we got to see what he can do, right? Obviously, there was some something with him and, and the Raiders organization where I don't know if they didn't gel, they didn't think he was a fit, but I want to see what he can do these last four weeks. This is an audition. There's nothing to lose, right? If he goes out there and he's putting Justin Fields at risk, then, then we sit him down, right? But if he's out there holding his own um, – I, I want to see what he can do. It's Leatherwood time, baby. <laughs> smells like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that slayed me. That was great. Um, yeah, dude, they paid millions of dollars to pick him up, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, so, like, you know, dust him off. Put, bring the mahogany man out there. Exactly. You know, Corey, how ironic would it be, honestly, if – because, you know, they're, they're you can take all different kinds of stats out there that you want to, and I think a lot of this is the Justin Fields effect, but, you know, the Bears, according to Pro Football Focus, their offensive line, it actually has kind of creeped into the top half of the NFL um, after starting off as the worst unit in the NFL. And how ironic would it be if we actually discovered some answers without maybe necessarily drafting and starting two rookies on the offensive line next year? How I mean, how crazy would that be? I still think yeah. we need to draft offensive line. I would say, mm-hmm. you know, look into the look into free agency, see if we can get a good deal somewhere. But I mean, yeah. how funny would that be if it was Braxton Jones, Whitehair, Patrick Jenkins, Leatherwood? to kick off week one next year. That'd be so strange. I, I think that'd be great. And I think it'd be a good situation for, like I said, everything that we need and, and just having it. And I think the offensive line in general played poorly, right? Because it was a reflection. Justin Fields early on was holding the ball a little too long, right? Like, mm-hmm. t- to be honest, like, like he was not getting the ball out quick. Uh, there was a couple of times where the offensive lineman got beat, but I think Justin Fields, his clock in his head, he just, he just didn't have that one, two, three. Okay, let me tuck it and go or let me get this ball completed, right? And I think he has so much better awareness when it comes down to time. Okay, what the pocket's doing, what I can do, whether I scramble or not, whether I'm going to complete it on the field. It's night and day difference, right? And it's going to only continue to get better. And I think everybody wants wants him to throw for 400 yards and all this. And listen, I, I don't know if he'll ever be that type of quarterback, to be honest with you. I don't think so. I think he'll be, you know, maybe at the top of his game, in the 300s, but I don't think he's going to be consistently a 400-yard Justin Herbert, uh, Joe Burrows. That's not who he is. He's going to be very similar to J- Jalen Hurts, but I think he could be even better than that, right? Because I think he's a better passer, right? And Jalen Hurts has figured things. This is no disrespect to him, but I think Justin Fields, when he's confident and you see some of the throws from him, you're like, oh my goodness, he has a different level uh, on his arm strength that that Jalen Hurts doesn't have, right? And no disrespect to him at all. Right. And Justin Fields, what he can do running the football. I honestly think the sky is a limit for this dude. I love his toughness. I love how, how he's such a leader out there. Um, I'm, I'm just really excited about the future with him. I, I said it from the beginning. It's critical to game plan of what he does well. When Getsy did that, it was the game change, right? We saw the Justin Fields that we all thought he could be, right? And this is a small sample size, Joey. So just that's why the Bears fans, I'm saying, just imagine when we get everything figured out with the offensive line and we get another weapon, a, a dynamic guy 
that when the game's on the line, he's going to go up and get it. You know you can rely on him. You're Keenan Allen. You're DeAndre Hopkins, right? Guys like yeah. that. That's that's what, you know, you look, you look at that game with Justin Herbert, right? Keenan Allen was his go-to guy. He's reliable. He knows where he's going to be. He goes up and make plays for him. We don't have that receiver right now. Next year, I think we will have that. So, so Corey, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, we walked in this season and we've said it on this pod that, you know, we wanted to see X amount of games where Justin Fields gave you that, that opportunity to dream and hope. And I think he's completely delivered on that. And dare I say, I think he's kind of maybe exceeded the expectation of what I think he could possibly have potential wise uh, moving forward. Of course, he's got a long way to go, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about his future. You talked about a dynamic receiver, Corey. Um, can we talk about Valus Jones just real quick? You know, he's got three receptions heading into the final four games. He was a third round pick. Let's just keep it simple, man. Three receptions on the season over under three and a half more receptions this year for Valus Jones, the rookie. I'm going to say under me too. I just, for, for some reason, I just feel like they don't trust, trust him as a wide receiver. And uh, I, I don't know. I feel like they were high on him early. And then when he, when he fumbled those punt returns, I feel like they've just been done with him. That's what it seems like to, to be honest. So and my thing and is Corey, like, really, really quick, Corey, just on that point, real fast, you got to produce, right? And when you fumble in the NFL, right, that is just, that is the scarlet letter, especially with a, with a football team and a head coaching staff. But man, this is your rookie, right? Like, Third rounder too, not not third. a fifth, not a sixth, not a seventh, not an undrafted, a third yeah, rounder. Yeah, so so what I mean, man, did the Bears did the Bears do the right thing, confidence wise? I mean, you know, tell me tell me where I'm right and tell me where I'm wrong on this one. Where you can't fumble in the NFL, I totally get it, but man, it just seems like the dude's confidence is just gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. The coaching staff played a little bit of part in that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think it's just tough, right? Because in a situation, usually. You know, if, if if a guy like David Montgomery fumbled a few times, I think he would get the benefit of the doubt, right? But when you're a rookie and you're trying to get the confidence up, if, if you have a fumble here or there, uh, it's a real big deal. So I think the way they've handled it is like, I understand, you know, you had to remove him from punt return because you had to put Pettis on there because you felt more comfortable at ball security, okay? But why haven't we used him more in, in the passing game, right? Like, it's not like we have, you know, the most talented wide receiver core. So, so why not give your third rounder that you were saying how much of a dynamic playmaker he is, and he's flashed at a time. His speed, you know, I know he dropped that one uh, in, I think it was the Vikings game early on in the season. Yeah. But he has the speed. He has everything that you need. Um, why not get him involved more? End arounds, wide receiver anything. screens. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of really quick they, – they, they love that bubble screen. They yeah. love that hike the ball and just throw it right to the to the wide receiver behind the line of scrimmage. Why can't he do that? Um, yeah, no, I it's just it's kind of turning into a sad story, and I want to at least root for the guy because one, I'm a Bears fan. I don't want to see a third round pick go to waste, and two, you just don't want to see a player's career just be you know the water on the fire of a player's career that quickly. It's just really kind of tough to see. So uh, I'm with you on the under, but I'm kind of I'm definitely rooting for the over. Uh, Corey, we got to get to it, man. Final score, of week 15, uh, Eagles Bears. It gonna get ugly. What's your final oh, yeah. score, dude? What's your number? Oh man, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say 45 to 28 Bears. <laughs> yeah, baby. No, Bears not winning. Sorry, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. No, I know, no, but 45. Holy cow! Yeah, I oh, mean, look what look what they man. did to the Giants, right? And yeah. the Giants, I think, are a better team defensively than the Bears. I think the Eagles are are hitting their stride, and I think these last couple weeks before they start to rest their starters, I think the last two weeks they might depending on how everything shakes out because they seem like they're 
they're head and shoulders above everybody. I'm trying to think. The the only team maybe is uh, the Vikings, right? That could potentially chase them depending on wins and losses. Just wins and yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they're they're up two on them, right? I believe. And Dallas is like an outside shot. But yeah, I don't think they they lost so, the head to head, and yeah, it's tough. Yeah, so I think these next two weeks for them is like critical dress rehearsal. Like we're getting ready for the playoffs because, you know, especially the last two weeks they might play them a quarter or two, get them ironed out, and especially that last week. They're going to sit them completely, I think, totally. for sure. Unless, uh, you know, they, they could potentially play them a series or two like the preseason just to, just to keep them sharp because they're going to have that bye week. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they're they're, they're going to try to, uh, you know, exert their will and power over the Bears. And it's – I worry about this, right? And, and not so much about the passing game. I worry about Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts running the football because our, our rush defense has been poor. And they love those outside zone runs, right? And they have arguably one of the best offensive lines from left tackle to right tackle in the game. So um, I'm very nervous about this, and that's why I think it's going to be a blowout. I think Justin Fields will have his splash plays, um, and, and he'll make some things happen, scrambling, running, uh, what he can do. But I think the defense just is not going to be able to stop Jalen Hurts and company and that powerful offense. Yeah, Corey, uh, the Eagles last week had 253 team rushing yards. So uh, just just think about that, Bears D uh, and Bears fans moving into Sunday. Uh, I'm with you, man. I think they really, the Eagles the Eagles are going to want this game, man. If they get to 13 wins, I mean, 14 is going to do it. But if they get to 13, man, that, that one seed, it's pretty much theirs, right? So they can take care of biz this this week. Um, I'm going 38 to 27. Uh, Eagles win. The only reason why I'm going an under a lower number is I think that it's this is going to look a lot like the Cowboys game, in my opinion, um, where I think Justin <laughs> Fields. I, well, I just think Justin Fields will play well, um, but again, I mean, I, I texted I texted your guy Mark Carmen this before, like before games, you know, over under punts in a game. You know, I don't know. I, will the Eagles punt in the first half of this game? I honestly don't see it. So it could very easily be a 21 to three, 21 to seven by the middle of the second quarter. Uh, it could extend that lead to even a little bit farther. And I think 38 to 27, because I do think the Bears can maybe score, you know, kind of a touchdown a little bit late. Um, I don't know what the spread is. I think the spread is nine right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm saying that the Eagles cover that right at this yeah. point. And um, yeah, no, I mean, it's going to be tough. Again, we're going to be looking for the instructive lessons inside of the game and maybe not necessarily the end result of this particular matchup against a 12 and one Eagles team and a three and 10 Bears team. So, Joey, you think the Eagles win it all this year? Or you think they're in the Super Bowl? So here's the thing is I was doubting the Eagles for a long stretch of time in the beginning of the season when they were undefeated, right? I'm like, they're going to lose at some point. I thought they really struggled where they play like two quarters with their hair on fire and then kind of fall off the map. They let that Texans game on Thursday night. But what I've kind of learned about this team and what's impressed me about them is, you know, they're either getting it done or they're kicking your ass. There's really one of two things, right? And so my question is, I'll tell you, you know, I think the Cowboys and 49ers are going to be great competition. I actually really like the Cowboys a lot this year. I mean, they don't do anything. Their defense is elite. Offensively, they don't really do anything special, but they have complementary pieces. Good tight end, solid quarterback, great running back duo. And for the first time ever, Dak Prescott doesn't have to be a franchise quarterback that carries his team right now. So I actually like the Cowboys a lot. But, man, it's hard to go against the Eagles. If we're talking Super Bowl, I'll be honest with you, man, I can't not say no to Patrick Mahomes. And I think if Joe Burrow went up against the Eagles, I would like his shot as well at that. But I mean, the Eagles got a great chance at it, man. And I, I'm not saying yeah. like this is, I'm not saying this is, a, I'm not trusting Jalen Hurts 
Um, yeah. I think Jalen Hurts has played great at an elite level, yeah. but man, they got they got a great shot at it, man. What say you? Yeah, yeah, no, I I think they're like you said, like you said, them and the Cowboys in the NFC are are my two teams just because of how dominant their defensive lines are, right? Yeah, and I think Philly has the edge just based off how they score points and they limit their turnovers offensively, right? Dak at times has turned the ball over a little bit too much, right? Jalen Hurts only has three interceptions this year. Miles Sanders is is absolutely a beast in there, has over a 1,000 already. Um, and their defensive line, Joey, I mean, like, you, you got a three technique in Hargrave. Like, it would – if we could get a guy like that, oh, my goodness. Like, you know, eight sacks in there. Um, that, that gives you everything you need. Uh, you know, Reddick in there that has uh, 10 sacks, Brandon Graham, all the – like literally, they've they've just said they got Dominican Sue, Limbaugh, Joseph. They got all these guys. They are putting the arsenal together to stop the run and be able to get after you. So that's why they have the edge, in my opinion. Um, just because when you have such a dominant defense, it takes the pressure off a guy like Jalen Hurts. And I had uh, you know, the Chiefs winning it all, right? I think the the way they're playing right now with Patrick Mahomes, I think the Eagles are the only team, in my opinion that are playing the most complete football in in the NFL right now, besides yeah. arguably the Lions right now. But I think it's too late for what – and I don't think they have enough firepower defensively. Yeah, no, and look, what, what do we talk about every single year? You know, we talk about receivers and quarterbacks and offense over and over and over again. And, Corey, you know, you're, you know your account is the defensive side, which is so refreshing because what happens by the time we get to the Super Bowl, dude? We talk about quarterbacks, but the real people that know the game, they always talk about – the defensive line, right? And so uh, what I'm hearing you're saying is that you think the Eagles defensive line has the best shot at stopping a Patrick Mahomes, at stopping a yeah. Joe Burrow. And, man, that's that's really what it ends up coming down to, right? The 49ers almost beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl because their defensive line was so good. Exactly. The Bengals lost the Super Bowl last year because their offensive line wasn't very good. Yeah. It isn't sexy, Bears fans, but yeah. that's what it always ends up coming down to when you get to the Super Bowl and we yeah. can talk AJ Brown and all that stuff all we want, yeah. but that that's what's defense the win championships, man. Giants are the Brady Killers, 07 and eleven. You look at Von Miller, what he did against Cam Newton in them. He single handedly took over that game. You look at when uh, even when the Broncos, dude, when the Broncos yeah, when, won, look at the guys they had on that team with Von Miller and the Danny Trevathan that got the big money from. Yeah. You know what I mean? They still had a great defense and, too. And then when Seattle beat uh, Denver that one year, right? Then yep. they they get after him with the pass rush, Cliff Averill and company. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I just think the defense is so critical for for a teams. So yeah, there's very few teams that can carry offensively. Right, Kansas City is that team. Right, they're like the Colts when they had Peyton Manning. But other than that, there's not many teams that your offense can just carry you. You know, you have to have a strong defense. So yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, at first I thought Kansas City had a clear shot; they're going to win this all. But uh, yeah. I think Eagles, Eagles, and the Cowboys are gonna gonna um, give them a challenge. Whoever's in that AFC. No, I'm I'm a big believer. We've seen a lot of teams that go 14, 15, and one, and this year obviously with 17 games. But the Eagles, man, I, I'm convinced, man. Just especially the way that now yeah. that they're the way that they're playing football right now, they're playing at the right time. You know and who man, I'm not a believer of? The Vikings. I don't believe them. <laughs> yeah. No. No kidding. No kidding, I dude. I, so first of all. Just really quick, you know, the quarterback is not having a special season, right? And when I'm looking at this game, especially if you guys play a confidence pool out there, if you play fantasy football, I mean, the only reason I feel like that the Vikings are in this thing is because half the games, Justin Jefferson is the best player on the field. And I know that's a wide receiver. That sounds cr pretty crazy. But if you look at the type of season that he's having, 
And when a guy puts up crazy numbers like he does, sometimes that is that edge. And, man, the way that the Bears played the Vikings this year is the way that the Vikings have played everyone all season long, right? Super close, a couple plays here and there, and more often than not, the opponent screws up and the Vikings benefit. And, I, yeah, no, they're I think dominant. they're – They're not dominant. They're not dominant. Yeah, to quote Vug, uh, Donnie Brasco, they're a fugazi. They're a fugazi, exactly. Corey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't believe in them. They, they have this – same thing a couple years ago when they had the defense ironed out and all this, and you know, their competitors. And then all of a sudden they were seven and one and then lost all these games in a row. So I, I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. So I, yeah, I, a lot of people are talking, Oh, Minnesota's nah, watch. They're, they're, they're going to be one and done. I, I promise you that like they, they just can't do it. No, I, I take that all day long and they're going to be home for a playoff game. They've been home a lot. They were underdogs against the lions last week, man. I mean, yeah. that should let you know everything that you need to know about the Vikings, despite their record going on. Corey, we got to get out of here, man. This was the Week 15 Eagles and Bears preview. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening on TuneIn on SiriusXM, Apple Podcasts. Thanks for watching on YouTube. Comment and question below. Today's episode was presented by BetOnline.ag. Fa-la-la-la-la, 100% welcome bonus when you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. You can't beat it anywhere else. Buy it for your friend, or you know what? Buy it just for yourself in the holidays. Thank you so much for tuning in. Come on in next week. We're going to do Corey's Christmas list. That's right. Corey's going to make Christmas list. It's going to be a new driver, um, <laughs> 60, a 60-degree 60 wedge, and maybe a couple of players that he wants the Chicago Bears to target moving forward. Let's go. Uh, heading into the new year, man. Corey, great to see you, my friend. Uh, have a great week. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you soon, man. Take us home. All right, my man. Yeah, another great pod, man. It's it's, it's been up and down season, but I think uh, you know we're, we're excited about the future for, for this team, uh, Justin Fields. And uh, we just have to have faith in Ryan Poles of what he's going to do in the offseason, right? Because I think this is going to be critical. I told you, we cannot fully evaluate him until after what he does in free agency and with the draft, right? And then the trajectory of this next season, right? It's all about rebuilding. It's about making a push for the playoffs next year. And then that following year to be a competitor, you know, in that playoff run to try to get to the Super Bowl. So it's a process. And we just have to trust his process. And I know Bears fans are impatient. They want the Super Bowl right now. But uh, Rome wasn't built overnight, just like the 85 Bears were, right? It was a it was a process, right? And we're hoping that maybe this 2024 Bears team, you know, may, may, maybe will be the team that, uh, that goes to the Super Bowl and wins it all, right? We just have to trust the process. So, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll be uh, breaking down this Eagles. Hopefully it's not a too crazy of a loss uh, for the Bears. Um, who knows? Maybe. The, no, I don't want them to win because then it affects the draft position. So yeah, yeah, we no, don't no, want no, any no. of that. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll break it down for you guys. And, you know, as in the offseason, we'll, we'll talk about the free agents and targets and, and kind of, you know, like you said, our wish lists for, for Christmas for the Bears roster for next year. We'll, we'll talk about that. So, yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. Happy holidays. Bear down. And Corey, what's that smell? Is it is that leather? Leatherwood time. <laughs> it's, it's, that, it's, it's, it's that fragrance that you get, right? You just... Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it's a woodland. It's a woodland musk. <laughs> so we need, baby. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.